Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new spanking edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Spanky himself, Christian Redshaw. I think you might have meant to say brand spanking new instead of brand new spanking edition. <laughs> uh, we'll go with it. We're not going to uh, do it again. Uh, no, this, that's how we roll on this show. That's how we do it. Uh, now, who do we have as today's guest, Dominic? It goes to show you the, uh, how important where momentary pauses should be place from a punctuary perspective but i'm glad you asked about the guest today our guest is tara anderson uh she is the managing partner at framework security um and i believe she's going to be chatting with us from utah uh today i know she uh, tours all over western america uh western states there so uh we'll be taking a brief pause here and we'll be having an awesome conversation with tara let's do it tara thank you so much for joining us in the cybersecurity matters podcast how are you doing today I am doing fantastic, Dominic. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> well, you, you, you're, you're such a fantastic human being and friend. I know you and I have known each other for quite some time now, and you've been a huge fan and supporter of the podcast, so it seemed only natural that we'd have you on the show at, at, at some point, so we're, we're glad that that point is today, and uh, I thought maybe we'd uh, start off with you sharing a little bit about your personal narrative, your, your, your journey, so our viewers and listeners can get to learn more about the, uh, the amazing Tara. Oh, gosh. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate it. And you're right. I am a big fan of the show. Uh, you know, I, I love the banter between the two of you. So I'm a big fan of both Dominic and Christian. Um, and, and I hope that there's a really good little uh, back and forth between the two of you before we, we end this conversation. Uh, but, you know, gosh, the lineup of the most fantastic women and men I've seen on your show recently. I mean, you've had a couple of Victorias, uh, Julie, Natalie. Uh, Jessica, uh, giving my background is going <laughs> to seem really insignificant next to all those wonderful people. Uh, Jane as well. I just listened to her her episode. Um, so I'm going to do the best I can. Uh, but essentially, I think I fell into cybersecurity. And, and that's a narrative I haven't heard yet. You know, I've heard a lot of great backgrounds about, you know, cybersecurity and, and technology, something I've always wanted to do. And I've been interested in AI and cybersecurity since the 90s. Uh, or, you know, I, I worked for, for the Fed, CIA. Um, I don't have that story. <laughs> so um, uh, essentially, my, my story starts in banking. Uh, I got into banking right after high school. It was my first job two weeks after graduating. So I went to bank banking because I thought I could actually learn a lot. And I did. Um, and I had a wonderful career in banking um, and, and, and went from re the retail side, like as an 18 year old teller while going to school naturally to uh, the retail branch management, even uh, into like internal risk. So, you know, of course, at the bank, uh, you, you've got a tremendous amount of, of physical risk. Uh, that's really evident when it comes to like robberies things like that. There's also a lot of the same challenges that cybersecurity has, like internal risk, digital risk, information security, data governance. So uh, those areas creep into banking. Um, and uh, that's where I got my first touch and interest in, in that side of the industry. Um, fast forward a few years, I have a brain injury <laughs> and I go out of the workforce for, for quite a long time. Um, came back in, stepped back through banking um, 
but realized I didn't have quite the passion for it as I, as I did when I started. You know, I, I got back into it in the throes of the 2007 uh, recession. Um, and so banking at that time was, was a tough climate. And then a few years later, um, too big to fail uh, stages. <laughs> I would go to the store uh, in my banking name tag and attire uh, and it gets spit on. Our, our bank branches were getting you know, shot at because the communities really weren't fans of the bankers for quite a while. Um, and that was tough as a parent, you know, trying to go to the store with your kids naturally and, and try to put meaning to your life. Like it didn't feel like that was no <laughs> a good fit that, any longer. That story uh, makes what Dominic and I went through when we, that's how actually we met was at a credit union uh, initially. Really? When we were both working there, so uh, we were never we were never shot at. But uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Uh, well, very cool. Um, I mean, cool that you didn't get shot at, but also that that's how you met. So you get that thread. Um, again, most of the, my tenure was in banking. After banking, I actually took a strong uh, passion for entrepreneurship. Um, got into you know the startups, the startup side of business. Um, Actually, also by accident, I met a really intriguing author um, and, and founder at a at a ski swap in Park City, Utah, of all places, and, and we just really hit it off. So uh, I got into startups, and, and I love them. Um, became very passionate about it, learned a lot, helped a few companies scale up and, and get acquired, um, and watched them and helped them take exits, um, and then learned that that's really where I like to be. Um, so took that into a managing partner role of a business consultancy. So we did deal engineering. Uh, we helped companies raise money. Again, we, stru- we structured the deals for them. Um, we would oftentimes take seats in, in their companies. So if they're you know, a perfect two-legged stool, so they have maybe a great CEO and founder that knows the industry well, and maybe they have a, a strong salesperson, but they needed operations, or they have strong operations, but they needed sales and marketing. We would also often take seats on their teams to um, better prepare them to raise money, how to spend that money, grow their businesses up, and, and then eventually sell. They work on a lot of sell side um, transactions. Um, again, bringing my banking industry kind of into it, um, bringing the, the experiences I learned from you know being in the entrepreneurial circles. Um, and so from there, uh, it's just how we get to here. Uh, from there, uh, in 2018-2019, um, our team made it a best practice to follow industry regulations. So government regulations, who's coming into office, um, mandates. And if you remember, 2018-2019, a lot of privacy mandates started hitting the books, right? Bills were starting to get introduced, GDPR, CCPA. Um, so our team, you know, we started innovating around that. Like, what could we build and stand up that would that would help uh, meet the needs of these mandates? So uh, we launched quite a few uh, privacy tools and solutions, cybersecurity tools and solutions, uh, and then we helped other founders kind of do the same. Um, saw them through some ex- exits as well, so positioned them to be acquired. Um, and in that time is when I really got into cybersecurity, IT as well. Um, and, and privacy compliance. Um, so that's kind of where it progressed and where I landed. And it was fantastic that I was able to take all this different experience and make it into a well-rounded career, which is now cybersecurity. Um, so I think that's you know probably how I would you know, best describe how I got here. 
Well, that's an amazing narrative, and I, I, we appreciate you sharing that because it's, I think it's a great narrative because it's your narrative, and I think some of the best people that we know in this field fell in, into it. Um, you know, they didn't come mm-hmm. out looking for it, so thank you for sharing that, uh, Tara. Absolutely. Awesome. So I, I get to ask you a question now uh, in the spirit of why does cybersecurity matter? So if you were talking to a corporate executive or a board member, and maybe for them the uh, – the cybersecurity picture is a little bit hazy, vague, off in the distance somewhere. Mm-hmm. How would you paint that strategic cybersecurity picture for them and, and basically convince them that it's an important subject for them to pay attention to? Absolutely. Um, you know, we have the great help of a lot of cyber breaches in the news right now. Um, small companies, large companies, household names, governments, municipalities, um, critical infrastructure. So I think due to the news uh, and the recency and the uh, frequency of cyber breaches, that's hitting people's desks a lot more often than it used to. <laughs> that conversation previously was a tough one to have mm-hmm. um, because typically the, those leaders and board members um, were, were pretty far removed from cybersecurity. It seemed like a technical problem, a problem for IT, uh, and not necessarily um, the C-suite or the board members um, but now I think the, the narrative is shifting to uh, risk management. Um, you know, the numbers will tell you, and I apologize, I can't cite this, but um, you're, you're more likely to get hit or not hit. You're more likely to be damaged by a cyber breach than you are the pandemic, mm-hmm. <laughs> a natural disaster, a terrorist attack. Um, and, and those were previously the biggest concerns of, you know, of the board, of, of shareholders, of the C-suite. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think now it, it's taking a relatable approach and, and making a business discussion out of it. Um, how do you rebound quickly? Um, you know, if you are taken offline, um, what do you need to do to get back online? What do you need to do to protect the business, to inform your uh, your employees, your customers? You know, you, I think it comes down to a discussion about risk management. How, you know, how much are you able to tolerate Versus the expensive tools, you know, we're making some common sense decisions around investment and ROI, even in the cybersecurity side, and, and making sure that the board is involved in um, the culture of cyber readiness. Um, and, and so what I mean by that is uh, taking a top down approach from board, the, the C-suite down to the most entry level employees and making sure they understand um, how to operate through a, a cyber breach, through a, type, a cyber attack. Mm-hmm making that um, very, a very frequent, uh, repetitive discussion, obviously lots of training, but mostly how do we respond? Because everyone in the organization from marketing, PR, the social media managers, to anyone answering the phone and customer service, to IT, to the board, they're going to get questions about what's going on. The phone's going to ring off the hook. It's going to be highly stressful. They're going to be under duress. And um, I think involving the board in those discussions and those simulations is the best way to kind of give them a taste of what it looks like. But more importantly, like how to um, how to stay calm and collective by taking direction from the C-suite um, that this is, you know, the course of business. This is how we'll respond. This is what we will say. This is what we will do. And giving everyone the confidence that you'll be back and running in no time. And it's not this, the sky is falling <laughs> type of, of a scenario. But essentially, just to kind of round out your question, Christian, it's it's making the board and the C-suite highly involved in the decisions of where to invest and why, 
making sure it's in alignment with ROI, of course, you know, you don't want to overtool and overspend if it's not necessary, an acceptance level of risk, and this helping them be involved so they understand um, the impact of a cyber breach. Hope that answered your question. No, I appreciate I appreciate where you took that because you talked about the importance of it, the why, and then you you turned it practical and pragmatic. It was almost like you you stepped into your advisory role there, which is really really awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to I want to pick up a thread that you talked about where you were part of growing and scaling and and uh, exiting companies, and you know it, it makes me think of you know, mergers and acquisitions. Are you seeing Terra? Uh, that cyber risk due diligence is a factor in M&A transactions these days? Are you seeing that as more of a factor? Absolutely. In fact, about 75% of our clients right now are private equity funds. Uh, they are investors. They are M&A teams. Um, they could also be a company that is on an acquisition run. You know, They're buying up smaller companies right now, and they're positioning for maybe an IPO. Um, future investment, or they're just positioning to, to take more of a market share. Um, so, so to answer your question, yes, we work with a lot of M&A teams, uh, a lot on the, on the deal side, um, pre-transaction, post-transaction. Uh, and the goal being, you know, give them headlights to strap on the car, <laughs> let them, let them know what they're buying, let them know what they're investing in, what they're, you know, what they're acquiring into their own organizations. Um, a lot of times we see duplication of tools and efforts and redundancies or gaps when this happens. Um, tools that don't talk to each other, over-tooling, stuff that's sitting on the shelf that never got implemented because acquisitions are busy times. You know, they're busy. It's complicated. There's so much going on. Um, and typically, you know, in previous years, including the work that I've done, when assessing the value of a company, we looked at the technology stack, maybe. But first and foremost, revenue and profit, um, product market fit. Um, we looked at sales, marketing, legal operations. Um, but now the, the growing importance of cybersecurity due diligence is really becoming uh, a lot um, better known. SEC has some new regulations around it to help improve investor confidence because it really is important. Um, you probably heard the phrase, don't buy a breach. <laughs> you know, like you don't want to buy a company, bring them into your own and they're already yeah. infected and you're, you're inheriting risk. Mm -hmm. um, it's just best to, you know, go into it with the headlights on the car, know what you're acquiring, get in front of certain things. Um, it can impact valuations, but definitely, you know, the insights uh, on what you're getting yourselves into or not could, uh, you know, make that, that acquisition more valuable or less valuable. Very, very well laid out there, Tara. Mm -hmm. And, on the note of don't buy a breach, my, my follow-up question to you would be, you know, what can go wrong if cyber is not taken in, into consideration? Are there examples that have come on your radar of when things have, <laughs> have this has been neglected and things have gone wrong? Uh, yeah, yeah, there there are a few examples. Um, and, and one of them would be uh, in the mortgage industry, so in lending, um, a mortgage uh, software product that bought a smaller mortgage company. And that mortgage company had, had already previously been breached and, and that uh, threat actor was still inside the environment. Um, so unfortunately, what happened for the acquirer um, is not only did they pay probably too much for the risk, which they could have gotten discounted um, based on the cyber risk that they were introducing and, and hopefully got that corrected before they'd made that acquisition uh, formalized. But um, 
they had the answer to uh, to you know, fines, regu- regulatory fines. They had to answer to customers. Uh, their brand was negatively impacted, um, and it was a big, um, you know, it was basically essentially just a, a big. Uh, I don't want to say mistake, but it ended up being something that it could have got in front of if they would have done some cyber due diligence pre-transaction because they did not do that. Um, they inherited uh, the again the risks, the fines. Um, they had to answer to courts. They had to do all the customer notifications and bear that expense. Um, their insurance premiums <laughs> went up. Uh, my understanding is that they actually lost a cybersecurity insurance for a period of time, and it was quite an amount of work to get cyber insurance again post-event. And then they're paying, you know, far more than, than they should to maintain that insurance coverage. So um, a few that those are a few ways I know that yeah. it happened in the hotel space recently too. I want to say it was like maybe Marriott. There's been a few yeah. you know breaches in that area, but I believe there was also due to a, a merger and acquisition. I think it, yeah, the Marriott was negatively impacted. I believe again, don't quote me on this by acquiring a smaller pocket of, of hotel yeah. chains that that had a breach. I'm glad I asked you that question. And, uh, you know, not <laughs> only you. can it save, you know, cyber digital just can save you from all of that, but it can also affect the deal terms as well at the very Absolutely. least, which you, which you alluded to. So. Yeah, no, that, that's extremely insightful. There's a great nuggets of wisdom you're, you're, you're dropping here, Tara. And I think you're, you are right. It was Marriott and I, I want to say it was Starline or Starwood. It was, it was something along it was that. Starwood. Yes. That, thank yeah. you. You got it, Dom. <laughs> well, you're, you're totally out, out there. Um, well, we have maybe just 30 seconds. I just wanted to ask you real quick. Could you tell us a little bit more about framework security? And, you know, I know you mentioned you work with a lot of, you know, from an M&A perspective, but you know, who are the types of organizations that you like to support and help? Absolutely. Yes, we work with a you know PE M&A. Uh, my business partner and our co-founder was also the CISO that we got parachuted in to help do the due diligence on acquisition. So he has a tremendous amount of background as both a, a CISO, a head of cybersecurity, and also um, doing the cyber due diligence um, from a CISO perspective. Um, we work with a lot of digital um, optimization, um, digital transformation teams too, which is really interesting. Um, so we come in and actually work with like chief digital officer to keep them innovating quickly, you know, at breakneck speeds, but also with the cybersecurity company you know, hats on. Um, that's an, an incredibly fun space that we're in right now that we're enjoying because, again, we're helping companies innovate uh, and optimize, but also, you know, keeping them compliant and keeping them secure. So that's something that we're really enjoying. Um, but of course, we do the anything that you can think of as far as cybersecurity consulting from pen testing through a, you know, digital optimization to cybersecurity due diligence. Um, virtual CISO work is something that we do quite a bit right now to help meet budgets as well. That, that's amazing. Tara, you, you came in here and you absolutely crushed it. That was a wonderful conversation. <laughs> just, just, uh, just, you know, power, power pack. So th- thank you so much for carving time of your day to join us on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're the best, Dominic and Christian. Uh, yes, thank you again for having me. I look forward to watching more of your podcasts. They're always really well done, and everybody that comes on your show crushes it. So, thank you again for having me. Thank you, Tara. We we appreciate that. Chris and I will be right back to wrap up today's episode. That was a really engaging conversation with Tara. I mean, first and foremost, it's always nice to have a fan of the show mm-hmm. on the show. So we appreciate that she was name dropping all sorts of previous guests, which was fantastic. But uh, I really appreciate all the insights she was talking about when it came to uh, M&A. For sure. And just how she, at least she's seeing with, with her clients and their client base that um, that 
that's actually being more of a thing, cyber risk due diligence. And that's extremely uh, heartening to hear. So I guess um, that's that's progress. <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, from her origins in, in growing, scaling, uh, exiting companies, you know, uh, how much of a factor cybersecurity is when it comes to influencing the, the deal terms and, you know, what can go wrong if you kind of mess that up or ignore that factor. Uh, absolutely. And I think it was, like I said, just a really terrific conversation with Tara. And we're very grateful that she joined us today on the show. Uh, as always, we want to extend a special thank you to our loyal listeners and viewers who join us each and every week. If you did happen to uh, miss a previous episode, do check out old episodes on your favorite uh, podcasting platform uh, and where you can watch them on the Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page. Until next time, be well and be safe. And we will see you again at some point in the near future on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Mm-hmm.